Blog Talk Radio. Presenting yourselves on this battlefield. I give you thanks. This is our army. To join it, you give homage. I give homage to Scotland. And if this is your army, why does it go? We didn't come here to fight for them. Oh! The English are too many. platform that was all Democrats. 
Okay, it was all Democrats. In the beginning, they were all against me. At the end of the show, we took a poll, and ten people that were on the phone line said they would vote for me. Okay, at the, if, if I was running, if I was running in their district, so that's how convincing I was. At least I pat myself on the back, but it was it was rough. So it was a rough grilling, and uh, and everything they threw at me, I pretty much uh, had my I had my game face on that night. So it was pretty good. And basically, all I did was do what you know is required of any person. That's to tell the truth, and that is so hard for a lot of people to do, even when they're standing up against the odds of tyranny and the monster and chains of tyranny. So, and speaking of that, we have to learn from history. And you're not going to hear this anyplace else except for on my podcast show. We're going to play some excerpts here from the greatest story never told. And um, it's controversial, but uh, because of the name, and that's because it tells the truth. And, uh, you know, and, and you're not going to hear this anywhere else but on this podcast. You will not hear this, I'm telling you, because most sites have it blocked. Most Internet sites have it blocked, or they have a watered-down version of it. And uh, I'm not going to play six hours of it, the whole six-hour documentary. Of course not, but I'm going to play excerpts of it. And, of course, anyone wants to call in, they can. Uh, 657-383-0616, press the number one. Usually I do it, do things like this late at night so I don't get 15, 20 callers, you know, because then it kind of takes away from the subject at hand. And what I'm trying to do is teach people a lesson about history because the only the only way we're going to fix things, change things, and be, have a better tomorrow is by understanding the truths of yesterday. And then when we understand the truth of yesterday and realize what really did happen yesterday, we can understand why we're in the situation today that we are in. And when we do understand all of that, we can look forward to having a better tomorrow. And you'll have the tools to stand up against corruption, evil, and the tyranny that's all associated with everything that is wrong about what's happening in our country today. So without that, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, I do have a caller here that's got their hands up already. So why don't we go ahead and do that, take this first caller here, and see what they have to say. So I don't like, I don't like to have people wait too long. So, But, for, but uh, we got this first one here, so let's get them on. So 323, go ahead. What the hell are you doing on this late? I'm glad you're on. <laughs> but what the hell? <laughs> wow, that was a <laughs> you took you kind of floored me with that one. <laughs> I wasn't expecting <laughs> you to say that. <laughs> well, you know what? I was I was taking a break from what I was doing, so I thought, let me take a look at Blog Talk. Maybe they have some shows on there that maybe have a certain time, and then. Uh, maybe I can visit them sometime in the future when I'm finished doing what I'm doing with my projects. And then I see your show, and I'm saying, all right, so you got the staple <laughs> show. It means you're steady then. You got your show. So I said, let me call in and say, hi, bud. How you doing? Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, well, I was just promoting uh, tomorrow night, actually. So anything you want to say, like a for like a, this is, we're kind of like in the. Hey, remember that movie Rocky, Rocky One, where that where he's in the beginning there in the yep. ring. Okay, that's <laughs> kind of like how it is right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, hey. he's in the beginning. Yeah. There. Don't worry, Rock. Just be yourself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Last time when we did the grilling, um, it was I was I was not obnoxious. Because I don't think that drilling has to be, but yep. because I want you to prepare yourself for the real-life campaign stuff that you're going to go on. If you yep. don't mind, I want to be as hardcore, rough, 
and yeah. even obnoxious tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I, as long as it pertains to, the, so, I mean, there's nothing wrong with getting digs in. As long as we're not, we're not like doing like a Warren, brother Warren type of deal. You know what I mean? No, 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 totally no, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the questions might seem obnoxious because yeah, yeah. most politicians, most people really don't want to have hardcore questions hurled at them. And I'm going to be using a tone of voice that's not friendly. It's not going to be, as I was, it's going to be contentious. It's not going to be yeah. overly obnoxious, but it's going to show the, uh, the people who are going to listen in that I'm going to represent callers who have been fed up and, listen, and voters who have been fed up with the bullshit that's out there. So I want to reflect that in my attitude. You know what I mean? It's not against you. It's just about... Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's well, a good way to market the darn thing, too. That's a good way to market the thing, too. I think I'm going to write something up tonight and post it on social media, you know, where we're trying to promote it. We've been, we've been promoting it, so I wouldn't be surprised if the freaking call board is blowing up tomorrow with, with, with <laughs> uh, you know, so many calls that you won't be able to handle them, you know? <laughs> well, i tell you what, uh, and another gift, too, is that Laurie Ann has a, has a talent. She, she should interview you for, for however long that you want to. But I'll bet you dollars to donuts. <laughs> you you won't get away from her because she knows how to keep you on the line. She knows. I don't, I don't mean like being a man. But she yeah, knows yeah, how. Yeah, she's no, like no. George. You know what I mean? Keep she's like hook. George Norrell. She's like um, Barry Farmer. She um she knows how to keep you talking. So yeah. she would be the one that would really reveal, let you reveal your issues. I would be the one. See, she lets you talk. I'm the one that doesn't let people talk. I don't want to yeah. hear people talk. Yeah. You know? So you're you going to have the best already, of both so worlds. Repetitious. Yeah, you're going to have the best of both worlds tomorrow. That's good. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're you're no nonsense as far as like when you were on with the Republic guys. You, they were repetitive, repetitious of saying the same darn thing, and you were like, "Listen, are you going to answer the question or not?" You know, pretty much. <laughs> that's what you were getting to, and I, they yeah. couldn't. You know, and they wouldn't. And these guys are supposed to be governors. Mm-hmm. Of course. I mean, we have to get down to the nitty-gritty. We have to get down to the bottom line. We can't let people just talk and talk and talk. And that should be in your credit, too, because you're the one who suggested this. I didn't. Yeah. You did. Yeah. You went through the grilling yeah. last time. It didn't make you uh, break out into a sweat. And this time, you wanted to let the people know in your district that you're not going to wilt under pressure. If you yeah. can take a call that's going to be yeah. mad not at you, but mad at the system. Then yeah. you, you know, you're and, ready. Yeah. You know, you're going to be ready. Yeah. And, and listen to this. I'm going to also this 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 show. I'm going to post this on my Republican uh, uh, website for my uh, the um, cause my uh, uh, campaign website too. I'm going to post this show so so that everyone's going to see this from all around the country. You know, so that's going to be great. good. You know, so that's and great. I, I, I wish there was video yeah. with it, but. You know, there's not, so which is fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll have it leave it to the imagination. You know, I wish there was a way to make it where it was MP3 and MP4. Just we don't see your face or anything. I could put some other like video up in there with it playing while it's on my website <laughs> because you know people are if they don't see something they lose interest real quick. You know. <laughs> well, you can do that on your website. There's the there's what's the video? Uh, what is it? It's a name Vimeo. You can do Vimeo. that on your website. You can um, okay. It's a, it's a player. It's a player that you put on your website, yep. and you can make yep. a video right there on your website. Um, okay, well I'll, I'll take it. But with yeah, you. and then with your twenty-one thousand downloads, 
with that show that's coming up tomorrow, when you download that show and they find out that you're willing to go through this and that Lori, who has the talent of letting you interview, be interviewed and say what you want too, yeah. uh, I, I kind of think it's going to be in your favor. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, see, my problem is I have a worldwide audience. I don't, I'm not, I wish I had those 21,000 in my district. You know, they're not. They're more <laughs> right. or less nationwide, <laughs> worldwide, you know. And yeah. that hurts me, mm-hmm. you know. So, but maybe we'll see what happens. Maybe well, this will, I'll put this on the next door app, my local next door app, where I have a ton of followers and see if they want to, uh, they'll log in there and uh, become a part of Blog Talk too. Because that's our objective also, is to network together with Blog Talk Radio, these Blog Talk Radio hosts, like we were talking about the other night, which you thought yep. was a good idea. Mm-hmm. Imagine if we can get all the voices of Blog Talk Radio to network together, to chip in together, sacrifice together, and, and, mm-hmm. and chip in with you know, everybody show. Imagine the powerful voice we'll have within the alternative media spectrum. You've got that right. Can you imagine? Because you probably already have. Six, yeah. seven, eight, nine, ten. Black talk hosts who have uh, the affinity um, with particular types of callers, potential candidates. And again, yeah. we can get together as a group. And we go to any candidate and we say, you know, as a group now, right? Because united yeah. we stand. And you say, Mr. Ramiz, I understand you're running for a particular office here, and these are the particular issues. We'd like to hear about them, and we would like to give you, if you satisfy our particular demands, we would like to be behind you. We, as, a, as 10, 12, 14 talk show hosts with a combined, let's say, I'm going to make up a figure, a combined download of 100, 200,000 downloads a month, I think yep. maybe... Um, you should give us a, a chance, don't you think so, Mister uh, Mister Congressman? And see what? The, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. What do you think about that? I mean, that's probably your goal. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think that's, and I think it, it will work. I mean, you never know. We may, who knows? We may end up on Fox News or something like that uh, 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 with, with a powerful voice one one day soon. You know? Why not? Michelle Swinnick has been on Steve Bannon. She has. Why not us? Yeah, yeah. I, I can't find her anywhere. I really would like to find her and send her a message. Really? I really would. I can't find. Uh, okay, her. maybe I maybe I spelled it wrong. While I'm on the phone with you, I'm gonna I'm gonna look her up on Block Talk Radio now. I'm sure, and then I'll give you the right. Um, yeah, yeah. Look her up. I'm gonna play an excerpt. I'm gonna play an excerpt real quick. Okay. About four minutes, because I'm doing uh, you know, uh, uh, the greatest story never told. I'm doing excerpts from that, so we can learn from history and learn the mistakes of history. Okay. Okay, cool. All right, I'll be back with you in a few minutes. Okay. All right, everybody. So everybody that's listening right now, uh, that was Joe uh, from Montana, and we're doing a show tomorrow night. Oh, you guys got to check it out. It would be great. But I'm going to play some excerpts here like I promised in the beginning. Uh, like I said, it's a controversial uh, documentary. Most places it's banned. You won't get it anyplace else but here. So we'll play some excerpts from it, and uh, I'll be back with Joe hopefully in about three or four minutes. He eliminated the crushing unemployment that Germany suffered. And he gave millions of people new confidence and indeed uh, welfare. They were doing better, much better.
I was one of 82,000 members of the Hitler Youth lined up in the Zeppelin field. I stood in the first row. And when Hitler began to speak, we were just tingling with nervousness, finally to see our God. Then he appeared on the podium. I was afraid to look at my neighbor because I didn't want him to see the tears in my eyes. My knees were shaking. And Hitler beamed down on us. He calmed us down by lifting his hands, both hands several times. When he began to speak, it was in a very conversational tone. Man to boy, father to son.
all came to pay homage to him. World leaders. It was accepted. It was accepted. <laughs> you know? I know. Nobody talks about that, do they? No, nah, they don't even talk about the fact that uh, Hitler made Man of the Year twice. Yeah. In, on, Amazing. Uh, made the cover of Time Magazine as Man of the Year. Amazing. Amazing. You know, and, and all along what's going on behind the scenes that many, I mean, I think a lot of people within the ranks didn't even know, but the disgusting uh, things that were happening. I mean, I cannot, dictators, I mean, everyone, you know, look, there's some qualities to National Socialism, but when you suppress one over the other to achieve that goal, no. You know, I, I believe that the, the, the Constitutional Republic is the only way to achieve freedom uh, for the individual. But capitalism has its, has its uh, weaknesses and follies also. You know, in capitalism by imperialism, sure. you know, I mean, it just doesn't work. You know, where the rich get all the breaks and the rich get all the perks and the rich get the, get the regulation cuts. Meanwhile, this middle guy is getting wiped out, and that's what we're seeing today in America. Well, I don't blame that on capitalism, though. I blame that on corruption of capitalism. That's fascism. Well, yeah, That's neo-capitalism. Yeah. Those are, yeah. those are people. Yeah. If, if we had an honest government, right, the way that the founders really wanted it to be, and we had Republicans or conservatives, libertarians, whatever you want to call them, in office, and every one of them was honest, can you imagine how great America would be oh, if yeah. every yeah. one of them was honest? And look, we don't. We have, the, we have the money changers. You know, we have the money changers mm -hmm. and the bankers that have that have usurped yeah. our. You know, look at Woodrow Wilson. He was bought out, sold out by the international uh -huh. bankers, and that's what really zeroed in the economic crash of '29, where they finally had the their their tools and their puppet guy. I really didn't care for Roosevelt as a president. I didn't care for him, and his policy sucked. I mean, uh, did uh -huh. he have to do what he did? To, to, to get it, the America out of the depression, I don't know. I, I think maybe it may be it. Yeah. It is, it I mean, is debatable. You know. But the thing is, when you're talking about the globalist show, one day you're going to have to talk about the Federal Reserve because the Federal Reserve came in 1913 and precipitated yep. all of this crap. You know? Yep, I agree. Yep. Ron Paul was huge, huge advocate of uh, the Federal Reserve and auditing the Federal Reserve first and then abolishing it. And Austrian economics, yeah. yeah. Austrian yeah. economics is what Ron Paul believed in. And, That's and, right. And, yeah. And, Mises, uh, that, the Mises that, philosophy. That's right. So, amazing. Well, did you find that information? Yep. All you got to do is go to the top of the page where you are now on Blog Talk Radio. Yep. So all you got to do is put in Swinnick, S-W-I-N-I-C-K, and she pops right up. Didn't she have a show on Blog Talk at one time? Um, yeah. That's how I found out about it. I think she still does. As a matter of fact, Swinnick. you can find out um, if she still does when you put in Swinnick and take a look down you know, okay. those pages. She All had right. what's called, uh, it's, it's called, oh, God, I have to, <laughs> I have to put on my, my, uh, my app again. I mean, my uh, cell phone. Yeah, but, yeah uh, I, think I've listened, I think I've called into her show a few times. Years ago. Yeah, yeah. You've been around. Let me years see. It's, ago. Um, it's called... Well, come here. Come here. Come here. It's called Save My Freedom Movement. You can put that into Google. Save My Freedom Movement. And what will pop up will be her website, which she um, built in order for conservatives to go there and share ideas. 
So we don't have to reinvent the wheel. The website's already there, you know? And if nobody likes it, then we can do something else, you know? We don't have to do everything according to what she does, but at least she was already the pioneer. Um, So, and that's the name of the website. Uh, Save Save My Freedom Movement, and then I think that's the name of the website, too, Save My Freedom. Ideas are bulletproof, you know? Ideas are bulletproof. That's, that's a very important saying because an idea is time that has come. No army or bullets can stop it. You know. Oh, I certainly hope and, so because we sure need it, right? Don't we? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We have to have a movement in this country that unites the people. That that you know. But but the evil out there is so powerful and so strong that I I just don't know if this even if we do defeat it it's still going to be an, a, a, the element of it will always be hidden you're always, never going to wipe out evil always no never always be around there will always be people that will be attracted to the evil glitter the Luciferians yeah. the Masons those who yeah. think that who want to cut corners who want the psychopaths who crave power they'll always be around yeah, yeah. wow crazy it's insane it's insane i was just on a show with they were just on uh Lori was on actually the donnie c show i think it is oh beyond the mainstream donnie oh he's one of the top uh uh top five uh, talk show hosts um i'm over he's been around what is it 16 17 years yeah i was yeah. just on there with uh with uh Lori actually and uh, a few others they were on there. I, I was I was rambling off left and right there. They let me go on for about five minutes. I gave them a big lecture. So they're oh, yeah. supposed to be joining us tomorrow night. Good, good. That's the way Donnie is. He lets you talk. Yeah. Just as long as you don't yeah. talk over each other. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. You know. So it was good. And, uh, it was good. It was good. And, and, oh, yeah. And Lori will let you talk, too. Don't worry. You will feel so free to express yourself, to talk about issues in a way that is be unfettered. You you will be yeah. able to talk as long as you want or as short as you want, you know. So and she See, has to show that last over two hours, we, huh? Yeah, Joe. We only have three hundred and fifty registered uh, libertarians in my county. Is that all? You know, that's it. Three hundred and fifty. That's it. Uh, so yeah, because I get the, I got the, I got the voting stats. I got them. I got them. Every, every I got the name and address and phone number of every voter in that in, uh, in my county and district. So all, all you 70, also have, you also have a mailing list. Yeah, you've got yeah, a mailing well, yeah. list that's very powerful. Yeah, you well, know? yeah, because they, they give them to me. The county board of elections gives me the the stats, so I have them all from the last, the last election, which where they voted, who they voted for. So I have all their contact information, so I can mail every single voter I wanted to a letter, which would be kind of hard to do, but, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it'll be expensive. Yeah, oh, it but is. Crazy. You can do an email and that doesn't cost I you anything. I did do that. Do yeah, I did. I did look this? into a price that cost me a thousand bucks to email everybody in my county. So, Seriously? Yeah, thousand uh, bucks. You, can, put you can get an autoresponder for free and do the really? same thing. Look yeah, I don't up know auto, about that stuff, Joe. I do to a degree. To a degree. Look up. You can Google right now if you want. Down. Uh, All right. Put in there. Put in Google free. Download, free download. Yep. And then free autoresponder. Auto. Resp- 
Spinder. One word. Free autumn spinder. You got it. And then right. when you and, have and, the and time, right. yep. And this oh, right now. And then mail chip is there. Um, there's another. There's a famous one. I forget the name now. You got them for free. Uh, got it right now. I forget. Email autoresponder. Sign up for free. Zero dollars a month. But you know what happens when I click on that. It's going to be 1995. You know? <laughs> I don't think Easy so. Easy to use. Free nah. templates. All right. Well, nah. I'll look into that. Hey, I'm going to save this link. Hey, look yeah. into it. Uh, they may offer you a 1995 deal, but you can still do zero dollars, and they may limit you to only maybe a thousand or something like that. I don't know. But well, they got them right all here. Autoresponder. They got them right here, 23 best email autoresponder tools to use free and paid. There you go. When you have the time, take a look at it. Yeah, I will. um, Wow. Yeah. Now, what do you do? You don't have to spend. You build build an email template, Joe, and then then submit that and then email it to – how do they get the email information? That's exactly right. Well, oh, I, I thought you had the email information up. Well, your, I do, uh, I do, but I have, you know, yeah, I have, the, I have it, I have it from the county board of elections, but I have to, I would have to, you know, copy them somehow and then, you know, do it like that, you know. Like I would that's, say, I would say probably you do a copy and paste into Word doc gotcha. or into a spreadsheet, and yep. they will probably tell you which platform you can use in order to import it into their um, into their engine. Uh, and since you're new at it, you know, it'll take you a while. But once you do it, once you find out, it'll be repetitive. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great, man, because uh, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Because I didn't spend a nickel on my last campaign, and, well, you know, look what I got. Imagine if I could spend $5,000, you know. That's right. I put together. I already got a church. Got over- I got the AM. Oh, hey, oh, that church we were talking about, the AM radio station, yes. They got their, They do uh, run that AM radio station. They only play gospel music, but they only charge $150. They said they'd, uh, they said they'd do a, a one-minute commercial uh, with me, um, and I, they'll run it for two months for 150 bucks. Okay. That ain't bad, huh? And, uh, depending upon how good the commercial is, and when they say run it for you, are they going to do it once an hour, once every two hours? These yes, are the once an hour, they, uh, said. One, one, they said. One time once an, an hour, hour, they'll play it in between songs, yes. Okay. I would also ask, and I don't know if they'll grant you this, but I will ask. Uh, I would ask for uh, final approval of the ad. Because if they run something like Joe Gibson is running for a North Carolina Assembly, um, so what? You know, but if... But if yeah. Um, but if they say Joe Gibson, champion of the people, libertarian, or no, I get to whatever, write what I want. Know. I get to write what I want. Oh, you and, do, and, and record and, and, ah. and record it and send it to them. Oh, yep. okay, that's good. That is good. Yeah, that's good. That's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know? because you're in control. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I get to write whatever I want and then submit it to them, and they'll play it once an hour. For, for about a month and a half, they said, to be exact. A month and a half, they'll do it for 150 bucks. That ain't bad. an hour? That ain't shy. you kidding me? 150 bucks is like a gold mine. Once an hour? Exactly. Well, they're a nonprofit, Joe. That's what it is. And they're a church, you know. And they got quite a good listing base. Yeah. It's AM, so they're powerful. They said their antenna, their signal goes all the way up into Virginia. So that's pretty good. Hmm. You know, and they're like yeah, the AM radio this? station. It's reg- it's re- FCC regulated. Yep. Is it? Okay, yep. cool. Yeah, they got a license until 2029. I checked them out on the internet. Ah. So good, good. Then you yeah. can say, 
I am I am Joe Gibson. I am not the ordinary candidate. I am the person who has forty. You can you can maybe you can mention the time that um, the cops dragged you away to let people know <laughs> that you you know maybe yeah. um, because you can certainly talk about that on the show tomorrow. Um, oh, most definitely, most definitely. You know, there's a lot yeah. to talk about, and, and the thing of it is, Joe, is that you know, if, if, see, imagine though, if, if they, I've, I sort of seen a picture of their studio room and everything on the, on the internet, this church, and they uh-huh. all they do is play gospel music. They have no DJs or anything. All they do is play pre-recorded right. stuff. All the, you know, and it's like, man, what would I give to be in there for two hours a night? You know, what the, the weapon I would have as AM host? You know, ask them. Man. Ask them. I'm I'm like shy all of a sudden, you know. It's like a church, you know, and it's like you know, I've got my tongue that bit, you know. Uh, Imagine the call-ins we could have. Oh Lord! Uh, Yeah, you because you would be a legitimate radio station combined with your talk show host, um, being the talk show um, duties, and then combined with the rest of the uh, block talk uh, talk show conservatives and libertarians together. Yeah, you know. that would be a nice, uh, very good idea. You know, it doesn't hurt to just call. I mean, if you can contact them in order for them to give you the um, the one hour, the one minute every hour, then you yep. can ask them, you know, do you have any free time? Plus, you can promote them, too, you know, just because they have an yeah. AM radio doesn't mean that they are shy of being promoted by other people. You can say to true, them, true. you know what, um, I'd like to enter into a joint venture with you. I'd like to pay you. You know, to have me, sh- um, to have my uh, ad every hour for a minute, but I'd also like to return the favor and have your gospel music or whatever it is that you would like to promote to come on my show. I'm on three nights a week, um, and I have 21,000 downloads, and I have a cadre of other talk show hosts in the formation, in the burgeoning uh, formation of um, creating a network. And I'd like for you to come, and uh, and I'd like to promote for you as well. See what they say. What can it hurt? Yeah. Would you hear this now from what I hear? And if this is true, I'm going to have a talk with her. I've spoken to her on Twitter, uh, this Green, uh, Taylor Green, representative oh, from Georgia. Oh, yeah, I spoke oh, yeah, to her like four or five times in, on the Twitter. I messaged her privately, and she messages me back. Yeah. Oh, baby, yeah. you gotta you gotta talk about that tomorrow. <laughs> that is oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I listen to this. I also talked to uh, uh, AOC. Uh, even though I know we don't like her and support her, but uh, AOC, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I talk, yeah. I talked to her when I, she first when she first started running. I I got, I got okay. on her Twitter page and I talked to her. Yeah, when she first started running. So I talked to her for oh god, a few years now. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I even got her personal email. She she gave it to me. I, I've spoken to her. God, she has a boyfriend. Uh, uh, she's uh, got a fiance, I think, or something. She met. She just met the guy when I was talking to her. But I was talking to her about her her having a being a bartender, running for Congress, and everything. And then that's how I got to you know talking oh. to her. I told her I was going to run here right. in North Carolina. I was going to run. You know. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's the you only know, Democrat I feel sorry for. You know, yeah. yeah, you have connections with Democrats and Republicans and Libertarians. You can let people yeah. know about that, really, right? Yeah. Plus, you didn't you didn't spend a dime on your can on your campaign, and you got about what forty percent of the vote. Yeah, no, I got no, I got twenty twenty six percent, twenty six percent, twenty six. Came in second place though. for your first for yeah. your first time out. So I yeah. mean, look, 
you're somebody that's a that's an up up and comer, as they would say. Okay. Yeah, that's what they are on the news media. Yeah, newcomer. Is that right? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, yep, newcomer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they get did uh they did a news special on me, uh, the Channel Twelve here, where he interviewed me. He did. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, he interviewed me, and uh, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> good. Caught me good. off guard on a lot of the questions, you know. Kind of caught me off guard there, you know. But uh, like legalizing marijuana, legalizing gambling, stuff like that, you know. Uh, you know, I kind of like so it. Now it, you're it was issues I really wasn't too educated on, and I it wasn't too in, uh, up on. You know what I mean? That's okay. So you tell the people, look, back then when I was a neophyte. And I'm trying to learn the issues in order to protect you and America. Um, I, I wasn't knowledgeable about everything, but I've yeah. made some progress, folks. You know, you can say something yeah. like that. Whoever, yeah. Whatever your campaign manager thinks is good for you. Um, hopefully he yeah. or she would be somebody who is like... Um, well, he or she, I don't have yet. <laughs> oh, you don't? Oh, okay. No, I don't have one yet. I don't have one. Yeah, yeah. I'm... I've I've been doing this all myself. I've been doing my committee, my treasury, everything, which I haven't raised any money because I haven't gone out and tried to raise any money yet, you know, which i got to start doing, uh-huh. you know. So, yeah. Because, you know, remember, you're just starting now. We're just starting. Everybody's giving their announcements now, basically, about where their runs, you know, who's going to run and, and for 2024. Yeah. So, so yeah. I, yeah. Wonder I mean, I'm could, looking for people. I wonder who you could hire or, um, you know, somebody might even dedicate their um – their expertise for free. Don't, well, don't it's not, they free. wouldn't have to do it for free, Joe. They could do it for free in the beginning, and then after that, once we start getting rolling, then they can, we can make a salary for it. You know what I mean? That's a good I mean, offer. I, I wouldn't sure. have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a problem at all. I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. You know, and, and really, it's I really need someone, to be honest with you, Joe, I need people to work the phones. Boots on the ground is important in this area for me to be out there, but for mm-hmm. my... Staff, I don't. I need you know working the phones, you know, it's, and emails, and like you were just saying, emails. That stuff is the stuff that really hurts me because I just don't have the time to sit down in front of a computer or sit there on the phone right. talking like we're talking right now, you know, during the day, you know, at night I can. But who the hell's gonna call voters at one o'clock in the morning, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, they, yeah. Besides that, it's legal in some states beyond nine o'clock. But the thing is, is yeah. That- if yep. you have a if you yep. if you have a LinkedIn page, you've got Facebook, you can make um, a, an appeal for libertarians, whoever you know would like. Because I I got volunteers for me when I yep. uh, formed the coalition for Ron Paul. I joined groups, I joined forums, and I looked at really? for uh, for libertarians. Yep, and uh, that's how I did it. You know, it took a lot of work, but I got volunteers. So I got that on my you Facebook get page. Volunteers. Uh, campaign for Liberty. I got that uh, uh, Ron Paul University. I went to. I put. <laughs> Why not? Absolutely. Yeah. And then you yeah. can say, I, "We need libertarian volunteers, pure conservative volunteers. We have to fight." The, well, let me see the New World Order. Do you think that would be too? Um, yeah, I don't like that. Your... I think I think we could dip yeah. that in there in a few places, but not right off the bat because people are conspiracy theorists, you know. Yeah, I was thinking that. That's why I was asking, you know, maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> maybe just go government corruption, national. That's right. Uh, uh, local government corruption. Uh, that is our curse. That's our cancer for today, folks. And I'm against it, and I will fight for you. And then, yeah. you know, as I grill you to let them know that you're going to 
not wilt, that you're going to do things in the first month, first two months to let people know, yes, I'm a freshman. So as a freshman, I don't, I don't have much political power in the committees, but I have power with the press. I have power with the people. I can let you people know what I'm doing so that you know full transparency is there. Things like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's the key. You're absolutely correct on that. That's, you know, like I said, I just, I, yeah, and that's another thing, too. These catchphrases and whatnot are very important when it comes to campaigning. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, because people, like you said uh, on your radio show, when you the first minute or first few seconds, you catch their attention, but after that, you lose them. You know, and you, and you have to, you, we have to get them where they're hooked and they're going to pay attention right away. And then you're going to lose everybody eventually throughout the course of the conversation. Everybody's going to drift off, but you've got to re-catch them and reconnect again, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I think would be helpful? Because um, this is my goal back in 2007. People always get awake when they find out they've been betrayed. You know the issues, mm-hmm. and that's good. But if you know of scandals that are true, and you can show the uh, your constituents that you've got, uh, the, your opponent especially, but the party that has actually yeah. betrayed them, I think that uh, that might be effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta be careful because you don't want to destroy the Republican Party, though. You know, if we if they're not gonna if we're not gonna make something else to take its place. You know, because we got to be careful, because Demo- we don't want these Democrats to gain any more power whatsoever. You know, they're just totally, I mean, totally, totally off the wall with their with their agendas and their mm-hmm. policies. They're just, oh, the stuff they get is so detrimental. But then again, the Republicans, too. A lot of their policies are just Stone Age oh, policies that don't work. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Tough on crime. Oh, yeah. oh, get out of here. That's the same old thing that they always <laughs> say, you know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's walk people up. Yeah, like, that really works. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on, man. Or just say no. Yeah. Wait, come on, man. Nobody's paying attention to that. Come on. That's a laugh. And they do. They say that crap at the conventions, man. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, it's, it's incredible. Look, Joe, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take up too much of your time on your yeah, show yeah. tonight. Okay. Um, uh, okay, I'm going to get off, and um, I'll see you tomorrow at 9.30. Um, on Plug the show, show, Joe. Plug the show. Plug the show for everybody that's going to be listening in the download. Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow night, which will be um, June the what? What's, June the uh, 4th. June the 4th. We will have Joe Gibson, all right? a talk show radio host on Block Talk Radio, myself, we will be on what's called the Lucid Libertarian Show, starring Laurie Ann. Um, it will be a practice debate. It will be a grilling. It will be showing how, um, in my opinion, how voters should vet potential candidates. And then you will hear Joe in an interview giving his, um, his take on the issues, showing why he's the best candidate available for people, and that will be tomorrow at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, what's, the, what's the number for Lori? Let me, let me get it. If you, download, if you, but, yeah. If not, I'll say it before the end of the show. I'll get it. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I'll get it before the end of the show. The uh, number. All right, Joe? You're right. Hey, 
All right, I'll see you tomorrow, okay? Be safe right, and be good. All right, take care. <laughs> good night. All right, yeah, I'll be good. All right, see you. All right, everybody, that was Joe tomorrow night. Well, it's going to be a great show. All right, let's get back to our documentary here, The Greatest Story Never Told. And uh, we played the first excerpt already. Let's play the next one. And uh, uh, if anybody wants to comment, fine. If not, enjoy.
about 70% of all judges to have a tremendous influence in movie and in uh, theater and in literature. They were overrepresented. This is one thing. They were absolutely overrepresented as today in England, in France, and in the United States. Second, Jews were at the origin of a lot of catastrophic financial bank crashes in Germany between 1870 and 1920. In that time, they made a lot of crashes which have, this is all documented, I mean, it's not Nazi propaganda or anti-Semitic or Arab propaganda, it's a lot of books that have been published, even by Jewish Germans, about this problem. They have millions of German fathers have lost their, uh, uh, their, uh, their incomes, their, uh, their fortune, their savings, because of these Jewish gangsters, uh, bank gangsters and, and, uh, and speculation people. Then the third point, which was psychologically the most dangerous of all, they have introduced into German art and culture and theater and movie decadence, immorality. The first homosexual theaters, plays, were made in Berlin in the 1920s. The first adultery theater plays were made in the 1880s and 1890s, 100 years ago, by Jewish authors. Adultery, uh, then sexual perversions of all sorts, sadism, masochism, a uh, lot of uh, homosexuality, all these things, and then de decadent art, you know, an art which is absolutely ridiculous, so-called modern art, it was all pushed by Jewish intellectuals, and this created among the German people uh, a big, uh, a, a big revolt. And they also, they wrote books ridiculing Christianity, ridiculing Jesus. And uh, there were furious reactions in Germany. And this is why Adolf Hitler came to power. And you see then Hitler in two years, from 33 to 35, he brought 6 million unemployed Germans back into their jobs. He created 6 million jobs. It's incredible.
Millions of people regarded as enemies of the state were worked to death in them under the most terrible conditions. Some were put to work laboring on canals in the blazing heat. Others were sent off to break rocks in the freezing cold of Siberia. These people, forced to perform hard labor under the worst possible conditions, soon turned into living skeletons. The great majority never left the camps alive. The Soviet Union, like every communist country, has what was a, an economic basket case. It could not produce enough to survive. And so every communist uh, socialist state has been dependent upon aid from uh, the capitalist producing states. So Russia was desperate for uh, our aid, both in terms of direct government aid, but also in terms of opening up the spigots for private capital markets, particularly New York uh, uh, bankers and, and corporations, to move into Russia in a big way. In 1933, the Roosevelt administration invited a Soviet representative to Washington to negotiate terms of diplomatic recognition. Russian troops that he exercises rare clemency. 
Only one survivor is shot. The political officer at the fortress, Mikhail Fomin. The Fuhrer cites the defense of Brest as an heroic effort, an example to his own soldiers. And he visits the fortress with Mussolini to acknowledge a hard-earned victory. But for Stalin, the defenders of Brest are not heroes. Years later, after their release from German capture, he will send survivors to the Gulag. The Wehrmacht's rapid, relentless advance seems unstoppable. Travelling at up to 50 miles a day, Panzer divisions are already approaching the heart of Stalin's empire. And in the middle of July, Stalin is forced to consider offering the Germans a negotiated peace. While Stalin contemplates a way out of the war, he's drawing up plans to punish his own troops if they surrender. In a desperate attempt to halt the rout, he issues Order Number 270. All officers and political officials taken prisoner at the front are to be considered traitors. If ever they return to the Soviet Union, they will be arrested and executed. But the barbarity of Order 270 does not stop there. The wives of captured troops also face imprisonment in the Gulag. Fights on and on for more than a month until as September draws to a close. Leningrad is totally cut off with no landing left to the Soviet Union. At the end of September, the Fuhrer launches Operation Typhoon, the final drive along the road to Moscow. 14 German tanks and 74 infantry divisions, a total of 1.8 million officers and men, take part in the offensive. Stalin has good cause for panic now. Facing a disaster that might sweep away the whole Soviet Union, they have one last hope that the weather will save them. Sleet is turning to snow. The ground, frozen at night, is now a quagmire during the day, paralyzing Hitler's overstretched war machine. On the 2nd of December, German units reach Krasnaya Polyana, 17 miles from the center of Moscow. As the weather intensifies and temperatures plummet, the bleak truth is, time turns decisively against them. Is now a quagmire. Target. Victories of late 1941 seems suddenly meaningless. A hasty Soviet attack in the south against Kharkov is swallowed up by a German counter-offensive. For Soviet soldiers, this could so easily be the end. Even Stalin's son has been captured and his image on propaganda leaflets adds credence to German claims of imminent victory. And on the brink of catastrophe, he resorts, as always, to terror. 
Stalin's secret order number 227, issued under his signature in late July 1942. This notorious document makes any unauthorized retreat punishable by death. Not one step back. Stalin means it literally. And this unique footage shows NKVD troops putting his edict into practice. They're known as blocking units. Deployed just behind the troops, they pass instant sentence on any who disobey Order 227, enforcing the Supreme Commander's will without hesitation or mercy. right there it's right at the height of the battle there when uh sorry i had to skip around on that so uh but uh, it's the height of the battle right now you're getting up to the battle of 1943 kursk and then uh then uh, we'll see if anybody's on the phone line uh, anybody wants to chat if not i'll finish it out I'm trying to skip around here trying to get to this picture and this is a lesson to learn from history it's so very important if you did if you missed the beginning uh, how he came to power why he came to power what happened and when really the this was a micromanaged part of the new world order if you understand the new world order so let's get back to this here extra AA batteries and the lumbering German transports are blown out of the sky in their hundreds Yet, like Soviet troops before them, they entertain no thought of surrender. For ordinary soldiers on both sides, this is the ghastly climax to a long, dark journey. In the heart of the courtroom, Hitler's gladiators know now that they are doomed. They evacuate a few casualties on the last plane out of Stalingrad. And with it, go their last words to families, lovers, friends.
Führer knows that if his stretched forces are to defeat the Red Army in 1943, they must attack quickly before it can recover from the losses of the winter. Hitler's strategy is simple and optimistic. In a two-pronged attack, he plans to destroy the Soviet position around Kursk. On the map, a great bulge, 130 miles long and 100 miles deep, at the center of the Eastern Front. And so now, two gigantic armies are converging. The greatest tank battle of all time is about to begin.
German offensive operations are halted. The Wehrmacht can only retreat. It leaves behind the mangled debris of war. Battle zones littered with charred and broken tanks and the bodies of hundreds of thousands of men. Survivors of this savage inferno, shattered, shell-shocked, stunned by the horrors they have witnessed, there can be no joy. The Battle of Kursk was outnumbered more than, the German army was outnumbered two to one. The Germans suffered over 200,000 casualties, 803,000 injured, um, it was just, uh, Amazing, the tank battle. Over 1,557 tanks destroyed. It's crazy. And the numbers that were, numbers of casualties and the death and destruction of this war. The greatest tank battle that was ever fought. The largest, actually, in history, the history even to this day. And all they could do now is surrender and, and go back. the story changed and the Germans were pushed back and in the push back they moved us with them and we went willingly. There was no moving at gunpoint. Had we stayed back, the communists would have taken us and executed us or shipped us to Siberia. So we very willingly retreated with the Germans. was getting short, the horses were getting sick, uh, the road was getting narrower, it was extremely cold. When I think of the war, I do not think of hunger so much as of cold. It was always, always cold. And then, of course, once the winter came, it became harder and harder. We had to often stay overnight in strange houses. The army would confiscate houses, would put the refugees there. The army protected us to the end. The army never, ever let us down, never let us down to the very end.
This secret partisan report, declassified for this program, complains that amongst one large partisan division, drunkenness, robbery, beatings and rape are universal occurrences. The widespread terror wrought by the partisans was not a story the communists wished to tell after the war. This rare archive shows a woman hanged by the partisans and displayed to the rest of the population as a warning. These film rushes, never shown to the German public during the war, reveal Soviet mutilation of German prisoners. Actions like these only served to escalate the level of the German reprisal. Auf unserem Rückzug haben wir dann 20 Soldaten, also muss sagen, vier ermordet vorgefunden. Ohren abgeschnitten, Augen ausgestochen, Geschlechtsseite abgeschnitten und so weiter. Dass man da natürlich eine unbändige Wut hatte, ist klar. Partisans became a growing problem for the German occupiers. If the Germans suspected a village had been used as a partisan base, then it was common practice to burn it to the ground. And we burned the houses. On the one hand, I didn't regret it too much because I knew what is the worth of a Russian house. They are so primitive anyhow. Not comparable to a German house or, or an English house or French house or so on. Not, not at all. But all in all, there's not much value in it, in such a house. Then they will survive. That was my feeling. In Britain, they have forged a sword, a gift to the victor of Stalingrad from King George. Earlier in 1943, at Katyn Forest near Smolensk, German occupying authorities had unearthed the mass graves of 20,000 Polish officers. International observers were invited to support Berlin's claim that the murders were carried out by the NKVD, but Stalin had reacted furiously, denying any link with the massacres. But when Allied leaders meet in Tehran, Churchill and Roosevelt back their most important ally in the face of outraged protest from exiled Poles. His sword is presented, and Stalin stands as an undisputed world leader. In March 1940, in a forest near Kutin village, eight huge pits were dug. Heavy trucks brought in people. They were Polish army reservists, doctors, engineers. The Soviets carried out massacres on a regular basis. Riga, Tartu, Lviv, Minsk. Relatives could not identify many of the corpses. Horrific torture had made them unrecognizable. The Soviet Union, meanwhile, had become an allied power. The Soviet officers who pulled out fingernails cut tongues and perforated the skulls of their victims with nails, were paid with Western aid. 
the British War Crimes Act gives them immunity from persecution in Britain, because war crimes, by definition, were committed only by the Germans. That's right. That's how history reads it, right? It was only them. Mean Nazis. Ah, right? Disgusting. Disgusting. The murders and the rape and the, what they did. It was just disgusting, the Russians, what they did. And for Churchill and, and, and the United States to present him with the sword and now make him a world leader, and that was the shift right there. That's an important key part of this documentary that a lot of people don't really get, and a lot of people have never, never seen the documentary. What the, hell, what the hell I'm talking about anyway? But that was the shift of the new world order right there. That was the shift to this darkness that has overcome the world, the communist, and, real, and the hand behind that is the Jewish money. Now, you can call me a, a racist, call me whatever you want, call me whatever, I don't care. I didn't write the history. Okay? And I didn't live it. I wasn't there. I can only go by the facts. I'm not saying go out and hurt anybody or or or, 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 or be mean to anybody because of this. I'm just trying to speak the facts here. And we have an element and, and, and that's in control of the world. It's not that hard. I know it seems like a cartoon to some people, and they think it's funny, and it's a joke, but it's not. There are, there's money out there that controls the aspects of a lot of what happens in the world. Let's just look at our lives, for instance. Take everything you own, all your money, everything you have, and give you no opportunity to go out and earn. What will you do? How will you feed yourself? What will you do? I mean, if you if you couldn't work, well, or you just there was nothing out there, what would you do? Millions, tens of millions of people were put in that position, and they were locked in, and their food was taken. We played it earlier in Ukraine. Ukraine again, a center of attention. Back in the beginning, in the birth of communism. Terrible. Somebody's messaging me here on Facebook. Let's see here what's going on here. Oh boy. Okay, here we go. Up. Oh, somebody's in message me there. All right, anyway, okay, let me shut that off here. All right, anyway, anybody here who wants to chip in here in the conversation, anybody got something they want to, uh, oh, somebody sent me a message there, hey, I'm late calling in, Donnie's show just ended, <laughs> so I wanted to see if you were still on over here. Obviously, I'm still on, <laughs> so let me see, uh, 503, go ahead there. Hello. It's me, this is Libertarian Lorianne. <laughs> yeah, you missed Joe. Joe was on here. We had a talk here. We had a few other people that were on here. So, yeah, I still attract him when it's late. <laughs> but uh, but we were promoting the show for people tomorrow night, actually. By. Yeah, well, we were promoting the show for tomorrow night. Late night so. shows? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be <laughs> well, on tomorrow night. But sometimes, you know, these late night shows, it's like there's so very few shows that are actually on this late. Uh, yeah. That you actually get more callers than you might expect. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I know. I get new callers. Yeah, I get the on. new. Yeah, I get new people. I get people that I've never spoken to before that call in. They're like, hey, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, I never knew you were listening. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, like tonight I'm doing the documentary, the greatest story never told, and you know, I'm giving the, the depiction of history. I mean, and and the crimes that were committed, uh, and we see what's going on today in society. You know, we see the the cycle of history that's replaying itself. Uh, we got another caller here that just popped in, put their hand up. Let's see here. Hang on. Go ahead there, 407. Yeah, this is Nathan in Orlando. How y'all doing? Oh, hey, Nathan. 
Nathan. Uh, yeah. 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 I've been catching up with all your little uh, things on the Facebook uh, updates, man. That's really sad about your friend. Uh, but uh, the one who, reason who I talking about? Man, I was just. Oh, what happened, Lori? She had a friend that passed. Oh, 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 oh. I haven't paid too much attention to Facebook today. Oh, my, oh I'm sorry. Uh, best friend, my best friend's mother passed away today. Um, and so, so it's pretty sad news. I feel I was pretty bummed out, you know, about earlier. Um, just I really feel for my best friend. And I, of course, knew her mom. Um, her mom had she? a massive stroke on Tuesday. Oh, oh. And, um that affected both sides of her brain and uh, there's just, you know, no coming back from it kind of a thing. And so on Thursday she was put on comfort care and, and I got the news today uh, from my best friend that, uh, that her mom passed. And so she is now an orphan. Uh, She lost her dad 11 years ago and uh, now she lost her mom. So how old is she? Uh, you know, you her are, mom? Are you allowed to say? Some, yeah, yeah, her friend. Her, your oh, friend. Oh, yeah, her mom was 77. Oh. And it kind of hits home here, too. Her mom was 77, same age as my mom and my dad. Yeah. And, um, yeah, she was the same age as I am, 50. Uh, okay. So, yeah. It's it's sad, yeah. It's sad. I lost my dad last year, this month, then June 26th, actually. Uh, it was rough. It, was, it was happened so suddenly. My dad was a health nut. He was just, uh, uh, I mean, in perfect shape. He was 67 years old, and just, I got a phone call. He's sick, and it just happened so fast. I mean, I couldn't even get up there quick enough, and he was really pretty much comatose when I got up there. He couldn't, you know, he was breathing real heavy, getting ready to take his last breath, and I held his hand. Uh, he, he waited till I got up there because he died six hours later. So as soon as I got up there, he died right there by me holding his hand at 4 o'clock in the morning. So... It was uh, it was sad, you know. He was we had plans of him coming here to live in North Carolina with me, and uh, you know it was just uh, really really difficult, you know. It was sad. So you know, when you have your plans and they're just taken away from you, you know, it's just I, I just I just don't understand why he why he got sick like that, you know, just just all of a sudden he had cancer, and, and I guess he either was hiding it or he didn't know. I just don't know. You know, nobody knows. He just had cancer really bad, and it just took over his body and just real fast and put him out on his back. I mean, he, and he was a strong guy, you know. I mean, 67, <laughs> that just scares you, you know, 67. That's not that old, you know. That's young. Yeah, but, not nowadays, no. I mean, that's yeah. pretty young, yeah. Um, I think my stepfather passed away when he was, I think he was about 67 or 65. Seems odd, yes. Yeah, uh, from cancer. Yeah. Yeah, 65 or oh. whatever. Truck driver, uh, lifelong smoker though, lifelong chain smoker. Uh, but the weird thing is, is, is uh, he had quit smoking a couple years before he was diagnosed with cancer, and it's almost like you know, I said to my mom, I'm like. 
was it the quitting of the smoking that allowed the cancer to grow yeah. or something? It's almost like, yeah, it makes it's like you the wonder. cancer didn't want to grow while he was smoking. <laughs> it it <laughs> makes you wonder. Yeah. You no, know, I've heard you're not the first person who's ever told me that, where somebody, you know, they, they, they smoked, partied their whole life, and then they quit, and a year later they're dead. You know? <laughs> it's like, what the heck? <laughs> I mean, I just don't know. Or maybe yeah. the Lord was waiting for him to get right. I don't know. You know, I and you know, I just don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, it's, interesting. Uh, it's weird how that happened. And, you know, because, of course, you know, he was mostly, he didn't have cancer, but, you know, it was starting to affect his, you know, blood pressure and everything. And that's why his doctor, you know, was like, yeah, you really need to quit smoking. You know, you're going to die if you keep smoking. Yeah. So. He finally oh, quit smoking, wow. and then two years later, he's diagnosed with lung cancer, you know, stage four, and it was that, you know, kind of that fast-spreading cancer, that small cell oh, yeah, yeah, that's um, yeah. lung cancer yeah. that just, you know, it's like it just, it's like gasoline on a fire, just whoosh, you know. Yeah, why does it do quick. that? Why does it do that, Nathan, or something? Does anybody know why does it that fast-spreading cancer? It's like they can't stop it. It's like as soon as they find it, they like, as soon as they do that that uh, whatever they the biopsy or whatever they do, they poke it and then bam, boom, it spreads like gasoline all over your phone, you know, and kills them. I mean, yeah, my dad got cancer. My dad, my mom and dad both got cancer. My mom got cancer like like a long, long time early in his life, her life, and she had to get a hysterectomy. And then 17 years later, uh, it came back, and and then my dad and she was whenever she she was diagnosed three months later, you know that was it. And um, but it was funny when it hit her, it hit her, and it was just it's there, it's 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 over. Then my dad, he got this is VA. He had a surgery going on, and in the process they were doing stuff, and they pointed out to him that there was a spot on his lung, and they're not going to mess with it because it's just a small spot. They're just going to watch it. They did their surgery. They could have just clipped it off while they were in there, but they did their surgery. And then then, uh, a couple years later, they're watching it, and this thing's growing, and they say, wow, we got to do – we got to get on this, right? So he spends a year doing the, the radiation and the chemo. Uh, um, I mean, he's, I mean, he just every, every week and when he did the chemo, um, uh, um, when he did the chemo, it's like I would take the week that he did that. I would do it every, every third week. I would take it off, take the, make sure I had the weekend off so I could hang out with him because it kicked his butt. And then it looked like he was winning, and and they were going to he was going in for this final deal where they're going to check to make sure it's all gone, and and if it's all all gone, he gets to do this ceremony where you go and ring this bell, right? And he's yeah. all excited. He's you know, and he's back to strength. And when they checked him out, they said it was had gotten to his brain, and it was it. Oh, you know. And and uh and it's like at that point, I mean, and he was excited, and then it's like it just at that point he just he just said that next time next, one time after that he went to the hospital and he said I don't want to go back to the hospital anymore. So after that, you know, they sent the people to come and sit with us while oh. he was ticking away on the clock, you know. And it's like you yeah. know, man, I don't know, but. I'd be, I'd be honest yeah, with crazy. you. 
Yeah, I'd be honest with you. I, I mean, as much as I believe I'm, I'm the Lord and God and everything and, and Jesus Christ, and I believe there's a heaven and I believe I'm going to heaven, uh, I'm still scared of dying, believe it or not. I mean, I'm still afraid. And I faced death almost two times. You know, I've seen, I've been on my deathbed twice. And for some reason, I don't know, for the last five years, I've been like, just like, it's, it's, I've been thinking about it a lot, you know. It's just like I'm afraid of it. So I've been doing a lot of research about what happens when we die, where's our soul go, you know, stuff like that. And just been just doing interviews, talking to people, because I just want to know. You know, I just want to know. You know, I don't. I, I, mean, I just can't grasp it in my mind. If I go on the ground and that's it, it's dead, I'm dead, and that's it. What? No, it can't be like that. It's got to be something. I got to be able to think and know something after I die. You know, <laughs> but they say there's no memory of this when you, you know, Earth or, or we go to heaven. That's it. We don't have nothing else to do with Earth. You know, uh, you know, when we go to heaven, that's it. We're with the Lord. You know, so how does that explain ghosts and demons and everything? I don't know. It's just still a lot of a lot of questions I have have concerning life after death and, and heaven and hell, you know? Yeah. yeah I've, well, I've, I've done a lot of looking into people that have had near-death experiences where, you know, they literally were dead for a certain amount of time, and, and uh, some people do have memory of it. Um, you know, uh, out-of-body experiences, like, you know, they uh, some of it's pretty amazing, like stuff that they could never know, like you know, they could describe the doctors and the nurses that were in the room and what they were saying yeah. and what they were doing and what they were wearing, like really detailed stuff that they would never be able to know. Because, of course, you know, when they wake up from it all, none of those people are there. You know, it's yeah. usually yeah. just the nurse or, you know, a family member. And so, like, you know, these people had absolutely no way of knowing, you know, at that time that, you know, how to you know, possibly, you know, they're literally brain dead, their heart, you know, they're trying to resuscitate them and they're doing all their stuff. And, and, um, you know, it, it, it's just like, it's really pretty amazing when you, you want to do a good you show. You can interview my grandma. Yeah. You want to do a good show. You can interview my grandmother. She, a couple of years ago, was she, what year was it? Was it three years ago? I'm not sure, but she got sick. Everybody knew it was it was time for her to go. She was getting sick a lot, and and she just had a pacemaker put in. And they said you better come up to Connecticut, uh, Joey. That's it. She's she's not going to make it. So I drive up there and I get up there, and they say, uh, you know, I say I I pretty much say everybody's saying their goodbyes. She's comatose. She's out of it. She's gone. You know what I mean? She's at home. Well, we got the hospice there and everything. You know, they're ready to go. She's all done. And uh, we're all sitting around her at about two o'clock in the morning. She wakes up. And like good as new, and she gave a testimony that night that about every. I mean, she talked about things. There's no way she could have known. She was she, she talked about conversations she witnessed when we were standing in her backyard that night. So how did she know that? I mean, it was like, she, and, and, you know, it's amazing how. I mean, it's like how does she know that? You know, she said she got, she was out of her body. She went, she went places, and she revisited, she relived her whole life, basically, right up to the present. And then she came back. She said it wasn't time to go yet. It was amazing. Everybody was falling over off their chairs when she was telling us this. And I, I was, I was like, wow. I said it's true. Then, you know, I was like, you know, and it's like, you know, it's amazing. You know, <laughs> it's like I'm trying to disprove it. I'm like, how do you yeah. know this? You know, <laughs> it's got to be. You know, I think that's what really gives me hope, too. You know, Nathan, that, you know, yeah. I think I cut you off earlier, and I'm sorry about that. Um, what did you have to say before I go on my next thing? 
No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I just I think that's what gives me hope. I think that um, I would probably be an atheist. You know, I probably wouldn't believe in a in a creator or a god or a spirit or whatever name you want to put on it. Um, if it weren't for some of those stories like that with people that have had near death experiences, people in comas, you know, and yeah. people that you know, just they're considered brain dead where there's like almost no activity in their brain and yet they come back out of it and they're be able to recite in so much detail stuff that they absolutely should not have been aware of. And yeah. that's literally what gives me hope for that, that yeah. yeah, that there is something beyond, you know, there is something beyond. We do have a spirit, um, you know, and this is just our meat suit in this three-dimensional world. And there's definitely something beyond. And, and I'd imagine whenever those people with those experiences, they come back and they have a confidence. They, they don't struggle probably as much. I've never known anyone. But I think that if I had an experience like that, I would come back with the confidence that I don't need to be worried about everything that we worry about. And just, you know, and, and then whenever I get to that next point, I think it, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be scared. It's like, okay, I'm ready, that kind of thing. And yeah, I think that's yeah. probably what you would see in there in those people's lives. Yeah. Yeah, well that's yeah. pretty much yeah, that's how my grandmother is now. She's she's you know, she's old, she's you know, well ninety years old and you know, she she's pretty much can't walk that good and everything and she's like, Well, I'm ready to go. The only reason she's hanging around is her cat right now. She's worried about her cat, who's at sixteen years old. She's worried about she said, When my cat goes then I'll go, I guess. I'm just waiting for my cat, you know. <laughs> so you know, bet, she, 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 she she you know it's amazing. <laughs> I bet she has a prayer life that that is more real than we can imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just amazing, you know. I mean, that's between her and the Lord. And, yeah, I've, I've asked her questions and everything. You know, she's getting older. You know, her mind is, you know, getting out there. But, you know, but still, that night, that was about three years ago. And let me tell you, that just blew the socks off of everybody that was sitting in the room. Because we were all just waiting. Like, we were just waiting for the last breath, you know. And, you know, and, and like, that 1, 2 o'clock in the morning came. We were just all sitting around her. And bam, she's opened her eyes. <laughs> it was like, whoa. She like scared the hell out of everybody, you know? <laughs> yeah. And she goes, I'm very thirsty right now. Yeah, it's like, is, is, is it just some kind of physical reaction? Is she really going? And now, you know, her eyes open yeah, up involuntarily? Yeah. Like, what is this? Yeah. It scared the heck out of everybody, you know? It gave everybody a jolt. And my mother was like, Ma? Ma, is that you? And she's like, yeah, what do you, wow. she goes, I'm kind of thirsty. And they're like, you're back. And she's like, well, what's going on? Like, well, where, you know, like she had to come to, she's like, okay, I'm awake, you know. She's like, and then she goes like, yeah, I remember, you know, and then she starts giving a testimony, talking to what way, wee morning, wee hours in the morning that night, she just giving us her testimony about what she saw. And, and, and all the people that were in that room, a majority of them were non-believers, you know, in the family. And, and you could see it in their eyes, they're like, Wow, uh, like it was more like they could tell they were mad at themselves for not believing, you know. Like, wow, I was so stupid, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Well, listen, what what caused well, me to call in? Oh, go ahead. Oh. I'm sorry, now finish what you were saying there, Lori. Oh no, you go ahead. No, I said <laughs> the reason I called in, I was listening to your. Uh, your history lesson there, 
And and yeah. I got woke up when when I got woke up whenever I'm I'm not asleep. I just got off work. I'm just saying my mind got woke up when they said that much of the stuff that was going on was being uh, 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 paid for by Western money. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that amazing? And, uh, you know, well, but here's what I see. This has been going on still for a long time, and most people, you know, we're just trying to get more Republicans than Democrats and stuff like that, and, and, and we don't really see stuff. Um, you know, I, I, you know, you, sometimes you got to say, and, and I said this recently, I just learned something on Memorial Day, George H., Daddy Bush, is plane crash in World War II. There was eight members. Yep. The other seven got ate by cannibals. Wow. Okay. Yes, he got he survived that. Now, um, he was not a man that, that, you know, it's like he had a purpose. He wasn't a man. You know, if we went through something like that, we would be being celebrated. We'd be talking about our experience, writing books. He just yeah. moved right on, goes into... Uh, politics, well, he was into the oil business. He goes into the, uh, through his contacts and doing business with the government, he goes into the CIA, the, the, the Congress, and all the way up the ranks to president. And he just had that quiet confidence to him. And I was just recently learning of this, and I asked God, I know this sounds crazy, I said, God, is it like you're, you, you, you've saved him? You allowed him to be spared just for judgment on America because, listen, this is the crazy thing about George Bush. He wrote Title X that funds Planned Parenthood in 96. It was yeah, only 28. Yeah, he was evil. He did a lot of evil things. Yeah, he, he – he, uh, um, and 100% of the Republicans in the Senate voted for it and Nixon signed it. But he, he wrote – Executive Order 12803, and listen, I bought my phone. I got a Caterpillar phone. I can get up on the roof and throw it down on the concrete, and it ain't going to break. It is a very durable thing, and I just recently got something I wanted to do. I just I had a reason why I was doing it. Um, I, I, I have my phone, okay, and then I have, I had for a long time what I call an Obama phone. It was I bought a track phone. Yep, yep. Which, uh, yeah, so, so I bought that. So I got a spare phone in case I forget it, and I've never forgotten it, but somebody else forgets their phone here, use this for today type of thing. And yeah. and, uh, and so I just recently went through uh, all the phones that we have in our culture. Uh, there's a phone called Orbic, okay? Uh, that comes from uh, – well, the, the Caterpillar phone is, is made – and the main plant is in England. I thought Caterpillar. I bought Caterpillar because when that Caterpillar's, you know, a big American company, the Bulldogs yeah, yeah. and all that yeah. other stuff. And now they got. And then I find out that that Caterpillar is in is a, 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 a English company, a Britain company. And then we got Orbit, which is made in Moscow, Russia. And then we got, what's this other one? Um, God knows. I've got a brain cramp. Samsung. Samsung. No, no. Is it Samsung? Samsung. Yeah, Samsung. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, 
in New Delhi. You know, I, we, I couldn't find, I could not find a phone, uh, uh, the name of, uh, uh, name the the brand of a phone that's made in America, and it was that Executive Order One Twenty Eight O Three that that allows this these foreigners to buy up our lands. Uh, uh, what's right now, um, DeSantis trying to gain some excitement from people because he's going to start pushing back on China. But by, I mean, yeah, China buying property in in Florida. You know what? He he can't. Because Executive Order One Twenty Eight O Three allows him to do that, them to do that. And remember, in O Six, whenever uh, uh, Dubai was coming here to manage our ports, and people were screaming, "We can manage our own ports!" Yep. No, 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 they were coming yep. here to manage their ports that belongs to them in our country. And 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 I was sitting there asking God, God, did you raise? Did you allow him to to survive all that he's been through? Just to lead us to your judgment, you know. I, yeah. I was really, I was really thinking that, but uh, you know. But man's given a choice, uh, though. We're allowed. We have free will. We're allowed to reject it, you know. Yep. And and uh, but it's it's uh, it looks like we're we're headed to the cliff, man. We're getting moved in. I remember this back during uh. The, uh, the, remember when the banks were too big to fail when Bush was W was on his way out and and we had to do this big old step, uh, bailout thing. Oh and yeah, 2007, most, 2008. Most yep. money, yeah, but the, all that money went. Most of that money went to banks in other countries. And another thing, I know. No. Yep, I know. A lot of people don't know that in 2012 on December 20th the sale was final. For the New York Stock Exchange got sold to a German company. So the New York Stock Exchange, we think that's all American. I'm going to put my 401K in that. And, and you know, all it has to be is uh, the, 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 the bank that owns that, the company that owns that, all they got to do is pull out of the market one day and it crashes the whole entire economy. It crashes everything. Economy. Yep, crashes everything. That's what, yep. happened in the, that's what happened in the Great Depression. All the yeah, banks pulled out on the same yep. day, and it crashed. And here's what's really crazy. They could have put it back in a week later or two two weeks later or three days later, and, and we'd say, oh, God, thank God it came back. But 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 what, what that did is it crushed our economy, and we're suffering, jumping on trains and looking for work and ending up just being a hobo, looking for the next bottle of wine or a cup of coffee from the Salvation Army. And that completely changed the way we, and it too was leading us, it was a part of a plan in somewhere out there in somebody's mind that led us to uh, a war. And it's like, you know, this thing's been going on for a long time. It has. You know? It has. That's why I made that comment there. At, 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 I made that comment about World War II. That was the big shift of the, of the power grab. You know, where they released of the the Anglo-Saxon part of it of the New World Order switched over to what the the uh, the communist uh, progressive movement, the libertarians, all the the, uh, the other groups of people. You know, and and that's what it's about. And the New World Order they they fund both sides of this these conflicts. And and what makes you wonder is God sitting up there saying, okay, let the devil have his game, let the devil play his games, and it's up to man to decide which side he's going to be on. You know, if he's going to be on good or bad. It makes you wonder, like you were just saying, you know. Well, here, here's <laughs> what my big problem is: is I, I see things that nobody listens to, 
Um, like you're you're running for uh, Senate, right? North Carolina House of Representatives, District 65. Okay, okay. I don't know if you know this, but you know in South Carolina that Tim uh, Scott, Senator yes, Tim Scott yes. of South Carolina. Yep. Did you know? Did you know? And I got a copy of all this. Uh, did, did you know that he wrote a letter to Obama two months before Ted Cruz's filibuster? And in the letter, he points out that, that the damage is going to do to our economy because it's one seventh of our economy. And he points out uh, that the, the, the care of health care the, 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 is going to drop. It's not going to be as, as good as it is. Okay, 100% of the Republican Senate signed that bill, that letter, and then two months later after Ted Cruz uh, stood up there all night long winning our hearts, the next morning they voted 100 to zero. And then two, really? two months later, yeah, I can send it to you. Two months later, uh, Ted Cruz is on CNN with Chris Como, and, and they're sitting there fighting back and forth, the, the, the goods and the bads of health care, and, and uh, uh, Cruz is saying, I, I told you, I, I told you so. I told you. He's like, yeah, but no, it's not. You know, and you're sitting there. I'm sitting there going, and and uh, I just, you know, you know that guy, Terry uh, Randall, the abortion yep. guy. It's uh, history. I mean, he's a rock star in American history. I, I just recently got to t- talk to him on the phone, and, and I told him Ted Cruz is a baby killer, and he goes like, no. No, 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 no. He goes, yeah. I, I would understand if you said that about Mitt Romney. I said, no, Mitt Romney's a baby killer, too. But Ted Cruz, yes, yes. and as I can send and I told him I can send it to you in your, in, 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 coming out of his own mouth, okay? And, yep. uh, and he goes, send it to me. He gave me his email, and I said, no, I need you to tell me. Send me back and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I, I need to know. And you know what? He, he never sent it back. He never See sent that? me back to respond. I called yeah. his office and left it. And, 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 and whenever it comes down to a race and it's Ted Cruz against anybody, well, we got to vote for him. He's the lesser of the two evils. And I, yeah. plus, he's, he's pro-life, you know. And I see yep. this, and I have no place in politics because of this. Because when I say stuff, nobody believes it. I, I got a guy, I, I, I don't know how you would say it, what his relationship is to me, but... My dad adopted a girl, you know, because these three daughters got took away because of a really bad situation. Well, he adopted yeah. one of the girls, and and he was made sure that all every summer the other two could come here and go to Disney every summer. Well, this guy's a preacher, right? Yep. I just recently went on his uh, Facebook, and he was talking about the Electoral College and how the founders were really, really wise. In the I probably know the guy. Up. I probably know the guy you're talking about, but go ahead. Yeah, well, I, I, but I put, I, I, I got on his Facebook and I told him uh, there is no Electoral College in the Constitution. And now, you know, and, and he sent back, yes, there is, and a couple people were putting on that thing. So I put down, this is what I wrote out. I said, get a copy of the preamble the Constitution, the Bill of Rights and Amendments, and go through and touch with your finger each word in all four documents. <laughs> and whenever you see the word college, you see the word college, take a picture of it, post it online, and that will settle it for all. And then yep. he sent back a message. Uh, you're, you're trying to play some kind of a, a, a cat and mouse game. He goes, if you, 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 need, to, you need to stick to the Constitution. 
or or I'm going to block you. I, so I pick oh, up the phone. Oh, jeez. Oh, I can't and, stand that. And I t- <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I called him up, and I said, listen, I just gave you a challenge. All you got to do is go through and find the word college in, in, in the documents and, and, and then post it, okay? But I told him, I reminded him of something. Uh, when I first met him many years ago, he came here to Florida with his wife. They came here to spend time with my sister, and they stayed at my house. When he got here, he was sitting here telling me something, and he said, and, and I said, that's not in the Bible. And he said, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And I said, no, it's not. It's in your, it's in your denomination, but it is not in the Bible. And he got his concordance out and started going through it, and he's only the King James Version. So I said, well, I got a, I got a, several versions if you want to go through them and got a computer if you want to Google it. No, 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 no. We were sitting here and he's looking for it the next morning. The birds started chirping and daylight was coming through my, my window. And he's like, I, I, I got to go to bed. I just said, okay, go to bed. But listen, man, don't forget this. You did not find it. And, and you yep. know, he's one yep. of these guys that tells you about all of his degrees. But yep. I got plenty of those. When yep. you see, but, but, you know, Here's the thing. Just all I all I say is, and I told him several times, you need to correct me. Correct me because if you ever tell me something I don't know, I can't trust you. Yeah, I cannot yeah. trust. You. And and it's out there. It's like that everywhere. If you say something that's not what everybody thinks, they ignore you because you don't know what you're talking about. Yep, you're a cook. And uh, you yeah. know this. You ever seen this lady, uh, Sarah, uh, Tara Ross? teaches about the sure. Constitution. She's real big on Facebook. I, I heard, I heard her. I heard her. Okay. Uh, I went on hers a few weeks ago, and I was getting into that on that Electoral College thing, and, you know, everybody was liking her and stuff, and I just came straight out and said it. I said, Sarah Ross, you need to copy. I've asked you for over 19 years now to copy and paste and <laughs> send it to me. You, you need to do it. You need to copy and paste it and send it to me. If you don't, you got to live with your conscience when you face God. <laughs> it's right. that simple. Oh, you're a yeah. teacher. You're a teacher. Correct me. And I, yeah. I don't. Un- and but you know, but what we're in is we're in this Republican Democrat paradigm. And uh, and if you vote for a, a, an independent, then you're throwing your your vote away. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Then, I heard that you a thousand times. I just vote my conscience. I ain't worried about what. That's right. You vote for what's right in your conscience. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. Because, like, you just made a key statement right there. You made a key statement. You're going to have to face your creator, you know? You're going to have to answer for it one way or the other. Well, here's what I know. You know, I understand the whole idea of voting for the lesser of two evils, but when you go through their... Vote record, and you see the guy that's the lesser of the two evils that's actually more evil than this guy over here that's Democrat. Because at least he's telling us what he believes. This guy's talking to our heart. And, and that's right. I mean, you know, like I said, uh, uh, you know, it's, it just blows my mind 100%. We got we got a, a guy, I don't know if you ever heard of uh, uh, Ernie Sanders, Pastor Ernie Sanders. Yeah, Bernie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's right, what's left, uh, radio program, he's nationwide. He was doing his, he was doing his uh, telephone, you know, money phone, trying to get people to donate so he gets to stay on all the stations and stuff. 
And yeah. I sent him a copy of because he believes the Republicans. I mean, he he really says this. If you're a Democrat, you 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 can't be in heaven. He really says this. <laughs> so he I sent he he was doing a, a telephone. You know, people calling in, pledging money. And so what I did is I linked Ted Cruz 2013 uh, 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 the 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 vote, the vote, it was 100 to 0 for Obamacare. And I sent it to him, and I told him, and, and you do me a favor, go through this, and if you can find, you, you know, pick out every Republican who voted against Obamacare, and I will, I will give you $500 for every Republican that voted against Obamacare. <laughs> and you know what the fool did? You know what the fool did? He sent me the 2000 and 10, which had 39 Republicans, and I sent it back to him. I said, look, look at here. I copied the page. I said, oh, the 39 that voted against it in 2010 voted yes in 2013. And the reason, yeah. this is why the Republicans ran on, we need a, a, a majority in the Senate so that we got enough numbers to stop Obamacare. And, it, and they didn't stop it. It was 100 to zero, you know. And, and yeah. Uh, Man, I'm going to tell you why. I wish Trump could see some of this stuff. I think he could come out and really break some people's hearts. He probably could, but, you know, in a way, there's just so much out there. There's just so much. It just can't be up to one voice anymore. It has to be all the voices saying the same yes. thing, but in a different way, you know? Yeah. It's the only way. It's the only way for us to have any type of leverage or hope against the evil out there, the evil train that's out there just destroying the moral fabric and backbone of what this country really is supposed to be meant for and towards our way of life and how we live. You know, I mean, not everyone is right, but, but nobody is wrong, you know, when you think about it. <laughs> it doesn't make logical yeah. sense what I just said, but it's the truth. You know, yeah, and we we have to we have to be careful out there. We have to be careful. We were having this in deep discussion a couple hours ago about uh, uh, the way people say and believe and the things that they do. You know, and and the thing of it is is that we've got to wake up. We've got to wake up. There's no real right answer. The only right answer is the wrong answer, and the wrong answer has to be applied the right way. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah, crazy, yeah. but. Wow. We live in a crazy world. Are you going to win? Are you going to win? I'm going to win. That's a yes. Good. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. And I will not forget these conversations I've had all throughout the campaign trail and uh, and times before that. I will not forget the people because that's my job to represent the people and the people's needs and what the people have got to be governed by, which is common sense, which is the Constitution. And, of course, God is always first in my eyes. I always have to put God first. And if that offends what part people, of North Carolina offends, you know? I'm uh, the near triad. You know what a triad is? What's the triad? I don't know that. All right, the triad would be Winston-Salem, Greensboro. Um, you, know where, you don't know where Greensboro okay. is? Yeah, yeah I know okay. where it's at, but I've never heard the word. I was raised in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Uh, my okay. dad... Naturally, was in in the in the in the army and you know 82nd Airborne, and he got okay. his discharge there. He got a medical discharge. So I was raised in Fayetteville. Then my mom and dad split up, uh, and then you know, but my mom's roots are in uh, in in Tabor City, you know, North Carolina, right on the gotcha. South Carolina line. By the, and uh, so I know that. Um, 
and and uh, I know some people out there. Um, I'll, I'll get get you send me your stuff. I'll send it forward yeah, to them. Yeah. You know, just to look at. Um, yeah. I got a lifelong yeah. friend. Got a lifelong friend from my childhood. Went on vacation uh, a couple months ago, and and uh, went up there and spent some time with him, and it was so funny. And to, it was funny. Uh, I had an experience when I was a kid. When we were kids, this guy would call me up on the phone, and he, you know, back then you, you hit the button on the phone, he goes, beep, 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 beep. He could, he could figure out songs and play that song, the tune to a song on, on the phone. And I'm like, man, where are you getting this stuff, right? So he, <laughs> he, he, uh, one day I called my dad's service station, my dad on a service station, and I called him to talk to him about something. And while I was calling it, here's the number, man, 485-3741. When I'm dialing it, I thought I heard Mary had a little lamb. So after I talked to my dad, I hung up, and I did it, you know, 485-3741 and then 741, you know, three times. And, yep. and it was the tune to Mary had a little lamb. So I called my buddy up, and I said, hey, man, listen to this. Tell me what song this is. He goes, Mary Had a Little Lamb. He said, how did you figure that out? I said, it's my dad's phone number, right? And I was listening to a talk show. It's a national talk show a couple of days ago, and they were talking about what is the significance of numbers in your life. And, and I'm sitting here, and like this one guy said, he met, the, met his girl, girlfriend on the 3rd, and they, when they got married, it was on the 3rd, and, and, and their baby was born on the 3rd. And, and and then years later, this is many years later, when his wife passed away, it just happened to be on the third. So he goes, I can't forget that number. Well, I called in and told this story about it, and then I linked this. I went after the show. I went and linked it and sent it to this guy because uh, I didn't give out his first name. But he goes, well, who was your friend in North Carolina? And I told him. <laughs> that was funny. So I sent it to him and told him, you're, you're famous now. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, it's, oh, man, I don't know. It's just as weird out there sometimes. Yeah, it is. So. It is. It is. The way we, our, our life and the narratives that we bring and live by and stand upon and stand near is just amazing, you know, and we have to just be careful. Be careful. Time sometimes yeah. will play play itself out, the, the lead role in which way we go and how we go about, uh, you know, how things feel. <laughs> well, I think part of it is is we learn something, we got a paradigm, and then we stay in that. I'll give you a good example. I'm not one that follows the Masons um, or anything like that. And I heard you and Dr. Tobert, you know, doing your little back and forth and stuff there on that, and, and it's like, huh. So I got I got online and started looking at stuff. And I remember years ago we went to the Grand Canyon and we went to um, – uh, Hoover Dam, and there was a, a monument there that the Masons had put up, and it was a, a tribute to something earlier in America. And my brother was like, yeah, yeah, there was the Masons were at the beginning. But I, I looked into this, and it wasn't ever an issue. But the thing is, is, you know, I would have never thought about that until I heard you guys have a clash. And and most yeah. of us, do what, what we do is we get in a clash, and, and one's on one side and the other one's on the other one, but nobody goes to look and see how, who's right. Who is somebody saying something here that isn't true? And and I found that when I do that, it often puts me off in a corner by myself, 
and no one wants to listen to you because it's not what we know. It's not our paradigm, you know. And uh, and I got some pretty crazy stuff that I would die for, but everybody ignores it, you know. Yeah. And uh, and that's yeah, it's pretty crazy. But it's we need to we do need. I heard it said one time. I remember where I was at when I heard it in 1982. Yeah, I said, don't worry about what other people think, because most people don't think. And I've 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 seen that to be so true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah. We've got a lot of living to do. We still got a lot of ways to live. You know, I mean we're still yeah. all, all all done and spent out yet. Now the question is how we're gonna live this life. You know, how what, how are we yeah. gonna move forward? How are we gonna learn from the mistakes of yesterday? You know, Listen, if you got anything like on if you got anything like on email, a website or something, you can get to me through. Uh, yeah, you uh, got a pen? I'll give you my email right now. How about that? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, take your time. Take your time. I, I, Lori, I still there? Sending you something. Yeah, I'm, Lori, there. Yep, I'm here. Okay. Okay. I remember sending you sending you something. Uh, one time after um, after uh, Sally's show on that uh, court case in heaven, remember that? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and and right. but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't save your email. But go ahead and give it to me. Okay, ready? I'm ready. All right, Joe J O E okay. Gibson G I B S O N. Okay. Is I S home H O M E at okay. Yahoo dot com. At Yahoo dot com. Okay. You Joe Gibson uh, is home at Yahoo dot com. I'll, I'll, I'll send you. What I want to do is get you know something. I can you know link and send the people I know in in, in North Carolina. Um, you know, got family. Uh, friends and stuff, but I got some really good, really good uh, in a little place called, you ever heard of Fugway near Raleigh? Fugway? Yep. It's a little town there, yeah. I got some friends that I owe my life to uh, here in Florida. They, Whenever I had my religious experience, I didn't fit into church culture, and after about six months, I met them. I met them I seen them at church, but I met them away from church. I was riding home one day, and I seen this car broke down, so I pulled over to see if I could help him out. And the guy, he didn't have a jack, and 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 he, I'm like, hey, I remember you from Turkey. You and his wife sit over there, yeah. So she, he gave me directions to his house to uh, tell his wife, call his dad, and tell him to bring a jack. You know. So the next Sunday they came up and said, hey, how you doing? And it was kind of weird um, when. They were looking at all the women, young ladies, you know, single women in the church, and a handful of men, single men. And so what they wanted to do is open their um, their home up for like a single that they could move in and be a part of the family and kind of like disciple them and, you know, get them off the market, that kind of thing. And, uh, and they went to the single youth pastor, and she, he says, I don't have any. I don't have any women, but I got I got one man, but I doubt a male, but I doubt you'd want him. And this lady girl said, "I'll take him. We'll take him." And I and when I when we met, hey, how you doing? And they asked me if I wanted to move in, and and their goal was to disciple me. And uh and and I lived with them 
I guess probably about eight years, eight years, eight months. And uh, man, it was best. I would take a, I would take a bullet for these people. They, they loved, literally loved me, loved the hell out of me. I guess the best way to say it, you know. And uh, and that was funny. Um, I had a great experience, but they moved up there, uh, and I just went up there on my vacation, visited with them, and then visited with my childhood friends from Fayetteville. And uh, that was a really good experience. So I got, and, and these guys are right, like real deep, deep Bible thumpers, you know, so they would probably be interested in what you're saying. Yeah, and, um, okay, great. I think connecting with the the roots out there and, and the grassroots organizations out there, this is our last call, I believe, before the darkness of evil. I mean, I think we're given the tools to operate and function proper, properly. You know, the, the light, the measurement of light has got to be, uh, I guess, reduced to the point of return. You know, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm rambling on here, but you know, we, we're we're just so lost as a people. You know that we just don't we can't find our way. You know we get a great idea or 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 a way about us, and we start to push that narrative, and it gets lost in the shuffle. And then we're you know, and it's just so odd, odd how these things come to pass. And then we're scratching we're scratching our back, scratching our heads, sitting back saying, how did this happen? You know, <laughs> and we know what happened, but we just can't figure out how it happened that way to get there. How to make it? How we happened? <laughs> Well, I think there's people in positions of power, and here I'm noticing this uh, about talk radio. You know, talk radio is supposed to be conservative, right-wing, Republican, and I've been mm-hmm. watching the conservative, supposed conservative, right-wing talk radio has been moving mm-hmm. the minds of people to the left, and, and uh, I thought I was going to be stoned whenever I started pointing out some stuff on uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh. You know, and because uh-huh. I mean, it's like you know, it's like no, 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 no. We need Rush Limbaugh, and I'm showing them stuff, and it's like you guys don't really. It's like they're feeding you stuff that. I one of my biggest ones with him, and he lost. I'm not alone. He lost a, a several million, I think, for probably five million. But in the next election, when things are heating up, more people are tuning in. But you remember when he did his uh, Operation Chaos where he's getting Republicans to switch to Democrat in certain states yep. to vote for Hillary in the primary and then switch back? And they did that in broad daylight, you know, and, and that was something that the Republicans have always said that if it wasn't for the Electoral College, the Democrats would be voting for the Republicans in the primary and then vote for, you know, blah, 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 back and forth, you know, and, and they would they would do more election fraud. And he's sitting there doing it. Over the air, and there was certain states. People were calling in. Yeah, I switched. I switched to Democrat, and I, I voted for a Republican uh, for uh, Hillary. And now I'm gonna go back tomorrow and re re switch back to the Republican. And I'm sitting there going, "How is it? Nobody's screaming against this, you know?" And <laughs> it's like I Amazing. guess we got to keep Obama. And they and and it before with, without even the primary. Results yet the the Democrats automatically put uh, Obama up, you know, you know, because they knew that yeah. McCain couldn't beat Obama, but he could beat Hillary, and and it's like you know we're sitting here doing this, and and you know I I can't do the celebrity worship thing whenever I see somebody doing that. Uh, it's like you're doing what you're saying the Democrats are going to do, and but 
we got to do. We got to pick the lesser of the two evils. My problem is, is evil ain't on a diet; it grows. So, but you anyway, got that right. <laughs> you know, that was a good conversation. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Lori, you still there? No. So, I, I sure am. All right. Let me check and see if anybody else is on here. I didn't even check the boards. No, I was um, actually looking. uh, Did you guys see that the Republican National Committee uh, on Friday announced its requirements for candidates seeking the party nomination for president uh, to appear in a first debate? This is how we're talking about, like, um, so check this out. So uh, so this is another way that they're, how the RNC tries to push people out that, you know, aren't mainstream, you know, or not appointed. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, obviously if you remember Ron Paul, um, yep. how the RNC changed its rules. Um, so now uh, the latest here is a candidate seeking to make, the first debate must reach 1% support in at least three different national polls. Alternatively, oh they may, may reach 1% in two national polls and a poll from one of the early primary states, the Hill reported. Moreover, the polls must survey at least 800 registered likely Republican voters on or after July 1st and may not be conducted by firms associated with one of the candidates. On top of that, it also imposed fundraising requirements, asserting that qualified candidates must have at least 40,000 unique donors and at least 200 unique donors from at least 20 states and territories. Huh? <laughs> right there, to, right and, there. We got it. It's out of the paper. It's out of the people's. It's out of the people's reach. They're they're picking. They remember this lady. Um, I can't pronounce her name. I can't remember it good. Uh, but but Mitt Romney's niece, this over the GOP. I think so. You know who I'm coming. Yeah, she came up with the rule uh, recently, uh, a couple months back, and they put it in the news that unless a candidate running for Republican, and they were talking to Trump on this, unless you can't. Unless you are willing to support the candidate, the, the, the GOP candidates that's picked, then you, if you can't make, sign a thing saying, I will support whoever the party wants for the candidate, uh, then you can't get on the stage to debate. Yeah, I heard yeah, that. That's another thing that they did. Yeah, every, so uh, anybody that, needs, that wants to participate is required to sign a pledge to support yep, the eventual yep, yeah. nominee. And agree not to participate in any debates the group does not officially sanction. So So you can't just have a debate, and the the RNC has to give its stamp of approval, too, on top of that. Uh, Yeah, or or they're not going to support you. And they're talking to Trump there. But you see, all Trump needs to do, and, of course, they're in charge of the rules, too. They they, they can. (laughs) But, you know, Trump, Trump, Trump has said that if the Republicans don't, Accept him, and he's the candidate. He'll run as a as an independent, and and that he held them hostage on that, and they hated him for it because they knew that that 
You know, they just needed they they can't control Trump. And uh, I yeah. just wish people would read the Constitution and see that none of this stuff is is there. It's just not yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But know? the thing is, though, is we're not under the Constitution. The Constitution is not what we're governed by. When you think about it, we're a corporation. The District of Columbia is a corporate entity. It's a corporation. You know? Ah, where is it? Where is it? Oh, I got something for you guys you've got to have. Uh, that you, we can't go over all of it, but I'll tell you what, it'll be, it's something that you have to have if you're into this stuff. I'm going to try to pull up. It's the supremacy. Oh, mm. It has to do with the Constitution and how we're governed, the supremacy stuff. Oh, man, I forgot all about that. I wanted to get that to you, one, one, you guys and put it out there in the group. Let me see if I can find it real quick while you, while you guys are talking or while we're talking one of the other. It has to do with the Constitution. It's hard for me to say something, talk about it right now. As soon as I pull it up, I'll be able to it'll go bing, you know, light up in my head. i got to get it. Ah, boy. Uh, it's so important. This is so, so important, too, about the way we're governed, about this is why things are the way they are, pretty much. Why we always talk about this stuff, and, and we, nobody can ever like nail down this. this the uh, it's hard for me to, to describe it, but yeah, this is how this is what why things are the way they are today. And if I can get to it somehow in this library, it's a library that I found it in, and it's there. And it's something that was pointed out to me by certain people. Uh, that explain the way things are and why things are the way they are and the reason why things are the way they are. Uh, We're lost, man. Yeah. We really are. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. I'll find it. I'll find it. I'll get it. Don't worry. I'll get it. I just got. It's hard to read and talk and and scan and move <laughs> this late at night. <laughs> I understand. Well, it's hard to do that, you know. Anyway, when you're, you know, hosting the show and uh, oh yeah, yeah, you know, trying to keep an eye on stuff. Yeah, and that's why I miss having a co-host on my show because I'm trying to be everything. You know what I mean? Like oh, trying to watch the switchboard, yeah. watch the chat. You know, bring people on, look up the articles that I wanted to talk about, you know, and uh, I'm trying to do it all. And, um, yeah. and and then also, at the same time, pay attention to what people are saying. And it's like, yep. okay, my brain only goes, you know, so far in, in so many different directions, you know. So, oh. Uh, Lori, on Sunday Sunday night, are you going to be doing that religious thing? The religious talk on God tomorrow night. Yeah, Sunday. Yeah, tomorrow night. Yeah. Mm. Uh, no, tomorrow night. Uh, Joe from Montana is going to be interrogating Mr. Gibson here on my show tomorrow night. Uh, okay. Kind of like a prep for running for office. So. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Joe, Montana Joe is gonna, you know, treat Gibson here as a, as a politician like any other politician that he would, and interrogate him, kind of a thing. Um, and wow. so that's uh, that's gonna take up part of the show, and then after that we'll continue talking about you know current events and whatnot. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you ever do one of them. Subjects on the religion again. 
uh, I can't do the Wednesday night thing, but but I, I would like to be there on a Sunday or a Monday night because I is think it you I can do Joe prove, again? What is it? I'm not Joe Nason. What is it you want to do? I, I want to prove to uh, Joe from Montana that an atheist cannot exist. In other words, okay. if the guy says he's an atheist, I can prove he's not an atheist. You All know. Right. All right. Well, so, if you want, you you can do it on my podcast next Tuesday. Well, I I, I work on Tuesday nights. I okay, drive a okay. gas tanker at nighttime, so that's why Sunday what? and Mondays are my nights. Sunday and Mondays. All right. Yeah. Well, um, I guess it's not something we yeah. got to do right away. But if we ever get to that subject, we'll never do I'd it like if we don't do it right away. We'll never yeah. do it. Yeah. Well, you know that when you and um, Joe, you and Mr. Tolbert did your little back and forth, uh, I had to do that by archives. You know. Oh really? And, uh, when I get in, I can't. I can't drive down the road listening to something when I'm doing my job. Plus, because not only with my job, that would it. I would have to keep leaving the phone to go Oops, do sorry. my job, you know. But um, I'd like to be sitting in front of my computer in a chair and, and have all my attention on it. But um, but um, I, I called when this was a, comp, a, a show. It was probably, I don't know, probably about five or six years ago. There was this Ph.D. on a show up in North Carolina, and he was making the case for all the atheist stuff. And I called in. And I said, I can prove to you within about a minute that an atheist can't exist. And the host said, okay, make your case. And we started talking. I started rattling off, and this Ph.D. started asking me questions, and we went back and forth. And I'm nobody smart. I only just use common sense reason. And at the end of 40 minutes, I said, well, I got to go. And the host said, listen, you got a lot of good ideas uh, keep listening and call back sometime. And I said, okay. And uh, But, um, you know, a lot of what we know, we've been taught as our culture, our paradigm, you know. Um, yeah. And on the, on the atheist thing, it's just a lot of mental gymnastics. You know, you come up. Yeah. Like I was looking at that transcript that he wrote, you know, that's, that's some of it something you run into in conversations. But I think I can get him thinking a little deeper. And I won't okay. quote the Bible. I won't quote the Bible. Because he, you know, remember he said he he can't understand how a God that's all-knowing and merciful could send the guy to hell. Okay? Uh-huh. Um, I, I, can't, I can't quote the Bible then because he's, he's not going to listen to the Bible because he, he evidently doesn't believe. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I have to just talk with him and find out where he's at. But, but you can't quote the uh, Bible. Well, you, you know, a lot of a lot of people don't want to hear when you when you quote. A lot of atheists will say when you quote. You know, well, I don't want to hear the Bible. That's that's a man's written man wrote that uh, wrote that like you know, and and they don't see it as God inspired. I say, okay, I'll I'll. I will leave that out there. We'll just reason, common yeah. sense, and uh, and and I I I think I can. I ain't gonna say I can convert him, but I can make him think, and that's really what it's all about. Thinking leads to something. It leads to uh, a changed mind or confirming what you think. You know, and uh, 
That's why I always say I love to hear people, even if I disagree with them, uh, disagreeing with people, because as, as long as we can keep people thinking, we might get to where we need to be. Because here's the deal, and it's sure. true. Whoever gets the mind gets the heart, and whoever gets the heart owns it all. We see that in politics. There you have it. You know, that same thing with same thing with God and the devil, you know. You know? Well, I might also, real quick, see, I found this that gets me away from it. Cindy Prizio from the state of Connecticut. She's a senator or a congresswoman, I think, or she's going to be, or one or the other. I don't know what she is. She's pretty high up in politics in Connecticut. And I'm going to be getting her on the podcast soon. Um, what, what, what is she anyway up there? I forget. Let me check out her, her site here. What, what is she? She contacted me and. And she wants to come on the podcast. See, I used to do a lot of interviews where I would do interviews and interview people. I interviewed the, uh, oh, Lord, I start, my first big interview was the Prime Minister of Canada. I got him on, the wow. former Prime Minister, David Kelliger. And I got him on. And uh, he wanted to talk about China. That was a big issue. You know, it was back, it was back a long time ago. I think it was over 10 years ago. David Kelliger, he wanted to talk about China. And then I got on medical kidnap, Terry LaPointe. Medical Kidnap News. Um, she exposes a lot of the uh, children that are abducted by CPS for medical reasons. Um, and she exposes that. I did got her on. Uh, the, uh, one of my favorites, of course, was the Special Forces uh, um, Army uh, uh, veteran Sean Rowe, uh, uh, Chris Kyle's uh, wife, Taya. Uh, um, you know Chris Kyle is, right? Uh, Navy SEAL. Uh, yeah. The movie, yes. yeah, American Sniper, the movie. Yeah, I got his wife. Yes. Um, yeah, and they, we were putting together a team actually to go over to uh, Syria, uh, Christians. But back back then, uh, Christians were being attacked over in Syria, and uh, you know, being beheaded and whatnot. And the Obama administration wasn't doing nothing about it. So a bunch of veterans were getting together and putting together a special forces team funded by the public, and we were going to be, dro- we were going to be dropped off in Syria and to rescue Christians. And we were going to team up with Glenn Beck's Nazarene Fund. Uh, and uh, well, yeah, it was pretty big, and uh, I got Sean Rowe on there, a bunch of other guys that I, to this day I'm not allowed to say their names because they're top-secret guys from within the government that – you know, nobody's supposed to know about. So, you know, but anyway, we were going to go together with them. And uh, Obama pretty much said, if you guys pursue this, we're going to arrest you. Huh. <laughs> yeah, told us we were going to have you arrested. So uh, if we pursued it, any, any type of, any inclination of even a breath of it from this day forward, uh, if we see, see you guys organizing anything whatsoever, you'll be thrown in jail, you'll be court-martialed. That's what they told us. So I, I tell you a good interview. I tell you a good interview. Go to YouTube and uh, let me see. I'm trying to remember it. I'll have to find it. It was. Um, I heard him on Focus on the Family. Uh, can't remember his name. He's a he's a martial artist in this uh, fighter stuff. You know the what do you call it? The where they put you in the cage and you fight. This guy's really really good at that. Really? He was a. Yeah. Who, uh, was it Frank Dirks? Dukes, Dukes? No, 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 no. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a find it. I'm gonna make a note here. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm trying to remember. You can go. T- 
Put you in a let cage. Me, let me do something here. Um, you too. I never knew one put me in a cage. I know they do the kumata uh, over there. Yeah. Well, no. This is a guy here. You know. You know that. Uh, what do you call it? The octagon. The, the, the cage where you go. Here in America, it's a sport. You can the whenever octagon. you get his name, you'll be able to. You'll you'll be able to talk. You'll be able to type this oh, in and go oh, see him. Oh, 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 oh. I know who you're talking about. Jeez, what is it? What is it tonight? We can't think of names. Hoist <laughs> Gracie. Hoist Gracie. No, 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 no. Um. I'll get it. I'm coming up. I'm Little guy. Here. Yeah, yeah, I'll show you. He was a Navy SEAL. Here's what, this is what I want you to get, and, and I'd love for you to be able to get him on your show. He went over back whenever Biden took over, remember, and, and all these people were, were stuck over there. Our military put our military out. Remember whenever uh, there was just people all over, the, 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 the soldiers got killed by a terrorist. Um um, I don't know who you're talking about. To be honest uh, with you. Whenever Biden first took over and we pulled out of Afghanistan. Yep. Remember that? Okay. Yeah. We had a bunch of people. We had. Uh, okay, now I, I, it just came back to me, and I'm typing it in. But if you go to YouTube, and uh, if you go to YouTube and type in "Heart of a Warrior." Heart of a warrior. Heart of a warrior, and and. Um, and, but anyway, this guy here, he's he's retired. He's out doing his thing, and and he had a a guy over there that was his interpreter, and he wanted to get his him, his wife, and six kids out. So he gets another buddy and says, "You want to go?" He said, "Yeah." So they went over there to get just eight people out of there, right? And his buddy yep. sees these uh, uh, orphans and says, "What about?" What about uh, these orphans? Well, okay, I think about 300 of them. And well, we'll get them out of here too. And next thing you know, the UAE is loaning them a, a couple uh, big old, really big airplanes to ex. And they, at that point, they had uh, uh, got something like close to 8,000 people out. And these are these are Americans, Americans uh, or allies. Michael Thompson. Remember. No, no, it'll come up. I'll get it here in a minute. Um, Harbor Warrior, fact, uh, Dizzy Rackskell. No. Mm-hmm. Did they make a movie out of this? No, no, no. It's a speech. Oh. Okay, let me. Okay, let me oh, Har- oh I did that last night. <laughs> In my speech, I did. Remember, uh, Lori, Lori, what I did with Sarge? She fell asleep. Oh. Sorry. Oh man, we put, no, I was we put her distracted. Who did I do the speech? The speech what, last night. Remember the speech last night? Yeah. Oh boy. I'll, I'll oh, find it. Uh, uh, what speech? Okay. Uh, veteran speech. Veteran speeches. No. I'm. I'm going. Part of a warrior. I, I got it right here. Nothing came up. I'm I'm going straight to where I found it or heard it originally. Um, uh, yeah, there's nothing here. Ah, uh, man. Oh, boy, I don't know. Oh, what the heck 
this guy. And, of course, they don't put his name up there. Come on. I know who you're talking about now. Okay. Uh, let's see here. What's the guy's name? You know, they don't put his name up now anywhere around, you know, so you can't get his name. Uh. Are you talking about that one that you played on your show? What was that, Thursday yeah. night? Yeah. 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 Of course, I can't get the name now. <laughs> but it was a speech, yeah. And I don't think uh, you sent me the link to it or anything, did you? Yeah, no. Um, what the heck? Yeah, it's probably... It's probably uh, yep. I can't find it on my show. Mm. Man, but it was a long speech. Yeah, it was by, you know... Mm. Oh, I can't stand that when you can't think of Did a name. Did you delete it from your audio clips? Or maybe it's no. in your history if it was like no, YouTube? But I'd have to, no, I have to shut down my blog talk to get to my shows. Um, even I can't even open up a new window. I'd be... Uh, I can't believe that. <laughs> boy, oh boy. <laughs> and we can forgive you since it is almost like, what, three in the morning your time? I know, <laughs> I know. Well, I didn't bring it up. P. Nason did. <laughs> yeah. Um, God knows. I can't, if I can remember his name, I'm going to where I heard it. Uh, and... And none of his, and none of the names come up here on, uh, on YouTube for the speech. I know what speech you're talking about because I think I played it last night. Jeez, I can't believe well, it's that name. Tells us. <laughs> Go ahead. This guy, this guy tells. Oh man. Simplify. But anyway, it was two men. It was two, two men. Two men, two ex-Navy SEALs, went over to um, get eight people out because this guy had saved his interpreter, had saved his life several times, and he just wanted to go get him out. And then next thing you know, they they were getting so many people out. Um, it was it was um, amazing and. Uh, you know, you the is this the same one that they've made this movie about called 13 Hours? That, um, no. They the story of that movie, 13 Hours, that just recently came out, it sounds pretty familiar. He didn't win the Medal of Honor for this. Mm-hmm. David Ernest? No. <laughs> it's got, he's, how could something like this we can't get? I'll, I'll get it here in a minute. I can't believe this. Uh, uh, Ross Kemp? No. <laughs> this guy's the founder. He's the guy who wrote the speech, right? Yeah. 
trying to. Guys, we can't get no live callers to give us the names. Uh, Oh boy, we're down three callers now. Oh boy. Here it is. Uh, Here it is. Okay. Yeah, you're in double overtime now. I think. Go to uh, YouTube. Go to Utah. Listen. Go to YouTube. Oh, just tell me the name. Hi. Chad Robichoff, R-O-B-I-C-H-A-G-S. Chad Robichoff. There right. you go. But if you type go, in go the make me go to YouTube again and search for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you go to uh, type in the Heart of a Warrior and go down far enough, you'll see him on there. And you can also write his name in. Go to this, uh, uh, whatever you call it, where they fight. They fight in the skate. Like, you know, the that Gracie... Uh, Martial well, arts great. stuff. Yeah, yeah, well, he's great. Yes, yeah. yes, he he's trained with these guys. But when you watch this little guy fight, I'm gonna tell you what, I'd stay out of his way. <laughs> you know, but when when you get a chance, watch this and look at what he did. Him and one other guy did, and 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 whenever I remember watching this in the news, and you see uh, this airplane taking off, and there's some guy hanging on to the landing gear because he wants out of there so bad, and he falls to the ground. And and uh, and what these two guys did would have been something that the president would approve, and you know that kind of a mission. And these guys, just as two civilians, went over there. And uh, it also reminded me back in uh, uh, during. Hurricane Katrina when it hit New Orleans. Uh, yeah. There was this another Navy SEAL. He's sitting at a yeah. He he was um, uh, um, uh, working at his uh, financial firm, and he seen the news. And him and another buddy went down. And a bunch of people got behind him. They got on boats, went out, and 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 they rescued something like over two thousand people. And they had these, uh, the supporters had buses at, at higher ground, so they got them up there, got them on buses, and got them out. And, but all we saw on, on the TV was Bush don't like black people because of the Superdome and all these people down there yelling and screaming. You know? Jeez. You know, that, that's why I think. Race. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you what, whenever this stuff falls apart, I say find the veterans. Find the veterans. Yep. Those are, you need to be near them. You know? Yeah, yeah, yep. And, uh, you yeah, that's that right. crazy. You know, but it's, it's, um, but I'm, I'm, uh, uh, get going here, but I, I just, yeah, 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 it's getting late here. <laughs> yeah, all right, well, Lori, I... <laughs> all right, what do you want me to play here at the end here? <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Let's see, what do I got here? Let's, we've got to play something at the end. Uh, where am I? Where's my show at? <laughs> Uh-oh. You switchboard uh, right. okay, isn't it? Yeah. That's what, what happens when we get into double here. overtime. I know. Well, I was getting late. What do you want me to play at the end here, Lori or Nathan? Something? What do you guys like? Ronald Reagan? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Ronald Reagan? Whatever you see cr- fit. But, yeah, you need, to get your, you need to get your beauty sleep so you can be nice and rested yeah. for your well, interrogation here, about tomorrow. Well, and everything, show. right? I think this is what has to have some Ron Paul in it. So it's, it's two minutes long. We'll wrap it up with this then. All right, guys. So good night. God bless you. Take care. Be safe. Yes, thank you. What if the American people woke up and understood that the official reasons 
for going to war are almost always based on lies and promoted by war propaganda in order to serve special interests. What if we as a nation came to realize that the quest for empire eventually destroys all great nations? What if the American people learned the truth? The FBI has foiled about 17 plots to kill Americans during the past 10 years. What it will not tell you is that there have been 20 foiled plots, and of them, three were interrupted by members of the public. The 17 that were interrupted by the feds were created by the feds. Why do we pay the government to trick us into believing it is keeping us safe? What if a government that manipulated us could be fired? What if a government that lacked the true and knowing consent of the governed could be dismissed? What if it were possible to have a real game changer? What if we need a Ron Paul to preserve and protect our freedoms from the government? What if we can make elections matter again? What if you could love your country but hate what the government has done to it? What if sometimes to love your country you had to alter or abolish the government? What if Jefferson was right? What if that government is best which governs least? What if I'm right? What if the government is wrong? What if it is dangerous to be right when the government is wrong? What if it is better to perish fighting for freedom than to live as a slave? What if freedom's greatest hour of danger is now? It's critical that every citizen of this country rise up and do something because the day of reckoning is at hand and time is running out. Unless we do something, um, we're going to get the government that we deserve. How did you let this happen? Wake up out there. You know, it's your children. Don't you care? Uh, look what these people are doing to you. There are 200 million adults in this country. Why we are letting them get away with what they are, why we're not marching in the streets. Do everything in your power to restore freedom and your individuality back to America. Stop being a country run by the institutions for the institutions. Let's go back to we the people, by the people, for the people. You have to stop being scared. You have to stand up and do what's necessary to take back, to stop these bankers, these elite, this government full of lies, congressmen full of liars. And the Federal Reserve. And the fractional banking system. And the Fed. Elect Ron Paul and the war. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. Good night, everybody. Take care. Good night. Good night, sir.